Well, thanks for, for joining me for this ongoing discussion, thinking through uh, where are we going and, and kind of how do we get there? What's God up to in the moment? I, I have a sense that there is a real uh, reshaping going on. And, and at, at the heart of it, there is, a, for me, a, a, an important rediscovery of who Jesus actually is. Uh, and at the heart, that he he is more than a strategy to get to heaven when you die. He's actually a, a person. And I, I think what I see happening at the moment uh, is that people are starting to re-engage with the person of Jesus, which is a really helpful corrective because I think uh, we in the Christian Church reduced the gospel to a set of ideas and and the, those core ideas are all important biblical truths but they, they even the way we communicated i think sort of shrunk them down and so so what we started to mean by a gospel presentation was something like uh, the world and god is good but then you know sin and evil entered uh, and as a result of that, you're a, a bad person and you carry sin in you. And so you needed someone to come and fix that up. So Jesus came to fix that up. And if you accept Jesus, uh, you'll get to heaven when you die. And that is the basic outline of almost every gospel presentation through the you know, latter half of the 20th century. It's interesting, though, that that isn't what... Uh, the Apostle Paul would uh, proclaim when he when he shared the gospel what he would do is just share his own story and his personal encounter with Jesus and when he um, went to teach people and said look this is what you need to know about uh, what the gospel is um, he, he boiled it down to this he said if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's no real four-point plan there. Basically, he's saying, is Jesus the center point of your life? Do your decisions, this is what being Lord means, do your decisions come from a personal relationship, a personal encounter with the risen Jesus Christ or not? And I, I, I love that whenever uh, the church has been at its best, a guy by the name of Steve, Steve Addison did some research on this, and he found that there's a, there's a white hot faith in Jesus Christ, in the, in the Jewish carpenter who walked the shores of Galilee, in the person of Jesus Christ, not in the idea of Jesus Christ, and not in some theological abstract concepts, but it's the person of Jesus Christ. And I, I think in this moment, that's what we need to be orientating to. This is the future that God's calling us into. He's not calling us into a five-point plan for the growth of the church. He's calling us into a personal relationship with Jesus. I think that gets right to the heart of what Jesus was doing. I, I, one of my favorite verses, I think this is one of the, the verses that resonates for so many people. And I think it's what modern people outside the church need to hear. It's Jesus' words in Matthew 11. 
where he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Just parenthetically, I've heard uh, at the moment that uh, part of the reason that that, that approach to the gospel I was being talking about worked. Tim Keller was unpacking, he said, look, the generation that responded in droves to that uh, communication of the gospel knew they were, they were managing guilt because they knew they weren't living up to you know, what they wanted to be. And so that presentation of the gospel worked brilliantly for them. But it's interesting hearing him from New York City reflecting on the, the culture he's seeing around him. And what he's saying is he sees the generation growing up now are a generation who are facing a different set of questions. And at the core of the questions this generation is facing are how do you be true to yourself? And for many of them, uh, they're having to work out who am I? How can I be true to you know, something I don't even know? Uh, and, and so what this encounter with Jesus does, and what Jesus is saying is here, you don't have to work it out. He's saying, come to me, all you are who are weary and heavy burdened. I, I have a sense that a whole lot of us are weary and heavy burdened. And even those of us who are trying to be good Christians, I get worn out trying to be good Christians. And I think what we need to hear is this invitation to a personal relationship with, with the Jewish carpenter, the real human being who was also God. And uh, what he says, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Uh, for Jewish teachers, the yoke uh, is there at this time, first, first century uh, Jewish teachers, we talk about the yoke, uh, being their particular take on the law or their particular way of doing life. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he, yep, look, there is this uh, corolla, coro, coro, that word, corolla, it's late in the day on a Friday afternoon, corolla, cor, cor, you know what I mean. There is, there is an analogy uh, that, and, and a metaphor he's drawing about you know, oxen and yoke, and that's often referred to here. But, but it's also what he's really saying is, take on my way of life. He's saying, come to me. And he, he's actually inviting us to him personally. And he says, take on my way of life. Let me order your decision making. And then he says, learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I, I actually think this is the gospel we all need to hear. We need, yep, most of us know that we are living. And, and I think it's been focused for a lot of people in a particular way that the burden of life has been heavy. And so for many of us, we've been having to cope with that burden. And I think Jesus is inviting us. And I think what God is up to at the moment is inviting us out of the abstraction. And I actually think we have to watch that in our Bible seminaries and colleges, we talk a lot about systematic theology, which is where you work out the principles behind the Bible and you work out which Bible verses fit those principles and things. I think we need to 
open ourselves to the story of the Bible, because it actually makes a lot more sense than our ideas about the Bible. And so I think this is part of what God's up to at the moment. He's calling us back to the person of Jesus Christ and to the story of the Bible, not just having the ideas of the Bible, because the story of the Bible actually creates a, a, a remarkable context for understanding our own stories. I love that Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is what we need to hear. I love John 14. I am the way, he says, the truth and the life. He said, we, we will find how to do life in this coronavirus era as we look to him. He is the way, the truth and the life. Now, uh, I, one of the, I've mentioned it a few times, and I'll be preaching it about on a, this weekend. Actually, but I, I, I think one of the sad things for me uh, is seeing how easily we Christians get sucked into conspiracy theories, and and we get sucked into battles of ideas and fears about you know scientists and you know whether it's a seven day creation or. You know, and it's often Christians getting sucked into things to do with vaccines. And it's not always like that. It's not, but I think one of the things we need to understand, our faith is grounded in a historical reality. Very few serious historians, credible historians, would doubt the fact that Jesus of Nazareth walked the, the shores of Galilee and taught uh, the, the teachings that we see in the Bible. And, and very few historians would doubt the fact that his, his followers believed that he rose again and that that belief created a tidal wave of new understanding and, and, and new approaches to life that still echoes through today. There is a there's a historical reality to our faith and it's based in truth. We don't have to be scared of truth. And I, I think what we do need to do is watch getting stuck in ideas. And that's largely, as we come out of the 20th century, the 20th century was this battle for ideas and they had this sense that we get the right ideas and everything would work out. Well. We're living the coronavirus era. If it did anything for us, it shows us that, you know, ideology is unhelpful. There are, there are pragmatic realities. And, and ultimately, the, the most effective story, the most effective understanding will be the most effective. And that one of the reality tests for us has to be, does our faith actually help us be more effective in the real world and as you look around the world the people who are impacted by a picture of who jesus is and and are simply trying to replicate that you you see the the profound way they are engaging with the world but we also see that sadly uh, we, we christians can also get it wrong and I think we get it wrong when we start fighting for our ideas. And uh, Tim Keller, uh, this, uh, uh, you know, a teacher I, I trust, he says, 
it's certainly in America, it's, it's less so here in Australia, but it's also true that there it ends up being two sides to uh, Christianity. And, and you end up with the, your conservatives and your progressives and, and one side particularly care about uh, sexual ethics, e ethics around marriage and family, uh, ethics around uh, abortion. All of those things are clearly biblically important. But also there's, this other, there's another side that cares about justice and race issues and, and it, poverty. And, and you cannot ignore those issues at, at the cost of the... But what Tim Keller was pointing out is, is there are very few people living in the tension of caring about sanctity of life issues and and questions of marriage and all that sort of stuff and caring about issues of race and justice and he said if you follow Jesus you can't water it it can't be either or as we look at Jesus he steps into the mess and invites us into the mess and I think that's the story we need to be ready to tell if our faith is simplistic if you can fit your faith on a bumper sticker it's not going to equip you for this complex moment. You see, there is a whole story in the Bible from creation right the way through to new creation that we need to steep ourselves in. I, I find really helpful um, actually memorizing scripture. But when, it, when, you, when you boil it all down, there is one figure, one person that stands in the middle of history. His name is Jesus. And, and Christianity and the gospel we need to be shouting for the rooftops is that there is a way of life that actually works. That as you open yourself to Jesus, his personality, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, as, as you allow the Spirit's work in you and in fellowship with your brothers and sisters in church, you, you end up gradually moving to look more and more, well, you won't, won't affect how you look, but it'll, you know, you will act more and more in ways that that reflect his character. And you look at the people who, who you would say that's true of. Look at the people who have had a significant impact on history. Look at your Martin Luther Kings. Look at your Mother Teresa. And in this moment, uh, I am so proud of the way all around the world the church has stepped up. Not all the church, but there's a whole lot of people saying, what would Jesus do in this coronavirus moment? And, and there's a whole lot of people caring for people who have no other alternatives. And this is what caring about this Jewish carpenter does. It changes your life. And so I think part of what God is doing at this moment right across the world and in the church is he seems to be calling us back to a fuller gospel. And by a fuller gospel, in some ways I mean a simpler gospel. A gospel where we realign with Jesus and see him more clearly and allow his story to become our story. And I think this is, you know, where I, I, I think we need to... Uh, even re-understand what the what the biblical notion of repentance is because uh, the repentance meant metanoia uh, often through the 20th century we have 
we have kind of thought, well, repentance means admitting all my sin. And at one level, sure. But it's actually deeper than that. It's actually what Jesus is saying there when he says, take on my yoke. Repentance literally means almost getting a new head. It means getting a new way of seeing the world. And repentance is necessary for we in the church. I, one of the things that is the precursor to any um, outbreak of the, uh, you know, any renewal in, in church history is where we Christians, just as we look at Jesus, we see how far we've got to come. We see how, how broken we actually are and we see how much we don't measure up to who he is. You see, I, I think the danger can be with our institutions. What, what's been really helpful uh, about not being able to attend our buildings uh, or our Bible colleges or whatever is it, it just becomes me and you and, and uh, you know, through video calls and things. Uh, but, but ultimately, when it, when it boils down, it's just me and Jesus. And I either have a relationship with him or I don't. Uh, and you, you can't, what, what becomes absolutely clear for pastors like me, I mean, when, you, when you're together with people, you can, you can at least have the illusion that you can do a, a service that is going to change people's lives and make a difference. But, but ultimately what this moment ha has demonstrated to each one of us is it is about our personal relationship with Jesus. And... And I don't know about you, but I, I know for me, I, it's, it's, this moment is showing me two things. Jesus loves me, uh, but also he's inviting me to see how far I've got to go uh, as I look to him. It's not a bad thing and it's not something to beat myself up with, but I, I think this is, this is the story he's inviting us into. He is calling us to bring his hope to the world and to... to reframe when we talk about the gospel we, we need to understand that it is we're talking about a, a story based in history it's not a set of principles or ideas the gospel is not a set of principles or ideas it's about a relationship with a person and it and it's a something that you know it's, it's about a story that started at the creation of the world but really came into focus in the first century and as this Jewish carpenter walked the shores of Galilee, he invited us into a story that changes everything. And I, I love John 20 as he, he breathes on the disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And you see what, what was lost in the garden being restored. And he says, as the Father sends me, so I'm now sending you. One of the other things that's sort of at the heart of this, and I think this is the call to repentance, um, that for many of us, our faith has been something we do on Sundays. And in many ways, Jesus is a mascot. But I think what I see God's heart for us as we rediscover the heart of the gospel is what Paul is saying in Romans 11, 10, that there is this central question, is Jesus actually Lord? Is he the figurehead or the functional head? 
are you spending time with him and opening yourself to all that he is or uh, is he just off on the side and i so i think this for me there's a whole lot of other stuff i'm keen to keep talking each week as we talk about the the road ahead and where we're going but for me this is right at the heart of it i think there is a call for the church at the moment to rediscover who jesus is and to rediscover the incredible truth that he is the way of life that makes the most sense no matter what your life is and where you are in the world his way of life is the most effective and functional way of doing life he is also the truth so the closer you get to any real truth the closer you will actually get to him and he is the life. Life is found in and through him, not through a set of ideas. And so I don't know if you get my heart into all this, but I think this is one of the things that God's doing at the moment. That he's calling us to a, a, a rediscovery of his son and, and to fall to our knees and, and realize that Jesus actually is Lord. And he is calling us to a kind of life that is full and real and hope-filled and actually has answers for the most complex questions that you will bump into in your life. So my prayer is for my church in all this, that for each one of my people that come to my church uh, and anybody who uh, you know watches what we do, that you would get to know Jesus. Not that you get to know our church, but that your relationship with Jesus would be the central organizing principle of your life. That Jesus would actually be the functional head and not the figurehead of your life. He wouldn't be your mascot. He'd be your Lord. And I think the more each of us just hangs out with Jesus, spends time in the gospels, open ourselves to who he really is and and who his servants, how his friends talked about him. And, you know, I, I'm finding it so helpful memorizing scripture and, and um, hearing how Paul talks about, you know, Jesus being the first fruits from among the dead so that ultimately he would be supreme over everything. That God's plan was to bring all things together under Jesus in Ephesians. That Jesus is the central organizing principle of the world. And... And that, that's a, it's a big idea. And if, you, if we get stuck trying to sell that idea, we're going to be lost. Because it's, it's, our brains can't understand that. The idea that in Colossians, that in Jesus, all things hold together, that's beyond our brain capacity. But what people can hear is what Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. This is the the gospel. This is the deep, true, but much simpler gospel that I think we need to re-encounter at this time. And I think is going to be part of the future as the church moves forward into a, this new phase. I don't know if there is a real reformation going on or not, but I know that at the heart of it, it a real reformation through the power of the Holy Spirit will always be pointing back to Jesus. So there you go. That's my thoughts today. I might just pray for us if that's okay. Come, Jesus. Uh, can, I, can I ask that you break my heart 
so that anything in me that gets in the road of you being Lord, please deal with it. And I pray that for all my brothers and sisters watching this. We don't want to just talk abstractly about how the church moves forward. We, we want to step into the life you have for us that is only possible in and through you. So Jesus, can you help us not water down the gospel or fight about ideas, but simply look to you and open ourselves to all it is that you have for us. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So that's, that's uh, this week's reflections. We'll keep this discussion going though each week. I, I want to keep talking about what, what's God up to at the moment. And uh, what does the future of the church look like in this moment where everything's been thrown up in the air? Thanks for hanging out with me.